welcome to another episode of Simply Sales Marketing. Today, we have an extremely exciting guest. Um, his clients and his mom, he says mom, I think I'm funny. Um, he's a big social seller and personal brander. He's also a college dropout, but doing phenomenally well. Welcome to the show, Evan Patterson. Thank you so much. It's quite the intro. And yeah, I am a mama's boy. And yeah, we, we yeah, us Americans, we say mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Evan's mom. <laughs> Love it. And you just changed roles, didn't you? You're now the VP of Market Rocket Science Branding, which sounds fantastic. Um, we've got a lot to, to, to sort of dive into here. I've been a fan of you on LinkedIn for oh, probably a year now. And um want to talk about sort of, you call yourself queer poly zillennial. I like that zillennial. Mm-hmm. I don't know what zillennial yes. means. We can also talk about that. But <laughs> one of your posts, sort of, the, there's two things here. You put a post out recently. One bit of advice I wish I took more seriously when I was younger. Be careful who you give your loyalty to in business and always protect yourself first. And obviously being gay, you're a huge advocate for diversity and inclusion I really love the stuff that you do and you are very courageous speak your mind which you know more people need to take this example from you so tell us being in marketing and being from what's still an under sadly an underrepresented group being gay Mm -hmm. what is it that you want to do in marketing uh, and how does that tie into sort of who you are and your identity yeah, that's a great question. I love to look at the big picture of what a marketer can do and what a business can do with good marketing. Um, I am a firm believer that if you look back at any major political shift or anything to benefit humankind in history, a lot of it comes from what businesses have been able to contribute to the conversation. So a strong marketing strategy should include um, storytelling. It should include the ethics and the morals that that business supports. And therefore, having people on your team, myself included, that will ensure that that's the reality when they're creating their marketing strategies or executing on the marketing strategies um, is going to take you very far. And it's going to be more important than any dollar coming in the door while you will still get those dollars. I think this Having a good ethical business mindset um, is the first step to success in marketing. So that's what I focus on and making sure that, uh, you know, it makes you money, but it also uh, makes you a good person. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely agree. And obviously coming from a a marketing background myself, I'm I'm really curious to get your thoughts on this one, Evan. What do you think is going to have the biggest impact on marketing in the near future or in the future? I think that it's, then again, I can't speak from experience. I'm 28 years old, but (laughs) I know that um, before my era, there was a lot more, there was a lot less um, voices to be heard, right? There was a lot Mm. less accessibility to uh, underrepresented people's um, voices, thoughts, expertise, the list goes on. So now anyone can pick up a microphone and create content. Anyone can pick up a blog and make a newspaper out of it. Anybody can be a journalist. Anybody can be an advocate. Anybody can have their opinion heard. Um, So everyone's reading different versions of every story. And I think the future of marketing is going to have to really double down on understanding that there's more voices and there's more diversity in that. And 
bringing it all in together versus trying to fight to have a bigger piece of the pie um, as you know the old news channel systems used to work back before there was social media, right? So um, with companies leaning more towards media production as their go-to-market strategy, you have to think the same way that any news station has had to shift their mindset. So I think it's going to be very exciting to uh, see more user-generated content in marketing, yeah. more third-party content, yeah. more community marketing, more influencer marketing, more partnerships. Um, that's, that's why the things that I do now used to be tasks. Now they're full-time jobs, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm very excited to see. Right now, I think we're all fumbling trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be more <laughs> ironed out in the next couple of years. Mm. And do you think as part of that, because the more content creators, there's a lot more noise, I guess, in effect. So will it also come mm. with the challenges of standing out and getting your voice heard? There's a combination of standing out, but also uh, but being relevant, right? You ha- And creating your niche. It's less about having as many people in the world hearing you as humanly possible. That was the goal in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. Or as the knots, as some people will say. But... <laughs> The goal now is how do I get the right people to talk to me, right? I don't care if I don't have the largest following. I care if I have the right following with the right people that convert and engage and are advocating for me and my brand and my business. So it's going to be more about quality than quantity than ever before. Yes, massive one. Um, Mm. Especially when you sort of see your followers grow, don't you, on LinkedIn and and it's easy to kind of get drawn into the vanity Mm. metric. And I know this from Instagram as well. Um, It's... um, it, it's very difficult to sometimes separate your, yourself from that and, and, and getting too obsessed with it. So but absolutely, now we're seeing more and more content creators. There's more noise, isn't there? Especially on LinkedIn. So people are going to have to be more relevant. They're going to have to, you know, focus on attracting the right people to their content. I'm really glad you said that. It hasn't come mm. up on previous podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be the biggest influencer content creator. I want to be the best at what I do. Um, I'm a firm believer that when you are focusing on your lane and carving out whatever your lane is, because you have, you're the one that has ultimate control over that, you'll get more no's, but you'll get better yeses. And those better yeses will lead to even more better yeses. And if you do it as long as I have, I've been working in community marketing since I was 13, so it's been 15 years. Um, it will eventually, like, you'll get over this hurdle where now it's a, it all kind of comes to me instead of me going to it. So there is reward for those that stick it out and keep going. And I think just instant gratification has ruined that mindset for a lot of people. And that's that's not any that's that's really prevalent in my generation as a zillennial. But at the same time, it's it's becoming more of an epidemic that's multi generational. To your point, yeah. yeah. No, I couldn't agree more on that point. Couldn't agree more. I think that social gratification piece is dangerous. And you should have rely yeah. your emotions on eyeballs and likes and quantifying it through a number on the screen. No, I completely agree on that point. Yeah, there's there's a there's a wrong and a right way to measure um, those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, we talk in sales like detaching from the outcome, um, delayed gratification as well, those kind of things. So it's really important that, you know, even if you're like me, I'm a salesperson, you're creating content on LinkedIn, you must detach from from the outcome you must keep going mm-hmm. and not focus on oh i only got this many likes and this much engagement because you know you just can't control <laughs> that but it's like you were saying laser focus on what you want to talk about on on the topics that are important to you and then the right audience will come 
Oh yeah, like I would rather have like I've had posts that get like seven hundred likes. Like I have a post that has seven hundred and thirty five likes featured on my LinkedIn page. I got zero brain deals, zero dollars, zero anything out of that post. But I've had oh. posts with three likes, and guess what? I made about ten thousand dollars off a post of three likes before. No so, way. Like, so numbers don't mean anything nah. on social media. I make more money off of hyper targeted content than I do yeah. off of one size fits most content. Wow, that's amazing. And um, th- tell us a bit more about sort of you making um, money off your personal brand, because this in, in Europe is still something that <laughs> it's it's relatively new. And a lot of content, like I, I still haven't monetized my LinkedIn yet. And I have 17, no, 15 and a half thousand followers. There you go. So I'm quite interested and I'm sure our listeners are in hearing sort of how you do this, because it is going to become the norm. And there's going to be a lot of competition out there. So t- tell us, you know, how you made your first money. Yeah. So I wa- so LinkedIn itself doesn't do monetization quite yet. There's 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 courses that people can sell and stuff on it. And obviously, you can market your business right through LinkedIn. And one could say that using your personal brand as a part of your marketing strategy is a way to monetize your personal brand. So I would say if you're already doing that, you're already monetizing it. But beyond that, there's other methods that people can choose to do. I don't sell courses or create courses. Any courses that I'm partnered with and have brand deals with and contracts with are created and made by other people. And I've gone through them and I'm like, no, this is helpful. Like, this is not like a, like, we did it so you can do it too. Kind of, I hate those, like, really frivolous um, quiz, like those um, courses that are like, for that they'll leave out the fact that the person worked at it for 10 years and had a loan of a million dollars from their wealthy parents, you know? So I vet every brain deal there, right? So influencer marketing, right? That's what I'm getting at here is going to be a way for creators to monetize their LinkedIn brands, um, through collaborations, right? Speaking events. Um, I can increase my, um, uh, fees for consulting and advisor work because I can, include brain deals and sponsored content as part of that collaboration contract. Um, if you do a webinar with me, you're not just paying for like my expertise, you're paying for now my reach, my following and my niche audience. Right. So that's how I've been able to monetize. I have a hyper targeted audience of high engagement. So it's more important than the volume. So that helps. Um, affiliate marketing is another method that's a lot simpler. Um, and then of course, just, teaching other people how to do all these things. So those are like the three core ways that I have monetized it. But then also like if I get a salary job, most people get to do, Hey, I've been doing it for this long and here's the market average. If you combine those two factors, here's what you should pay me. I have a third factor. You're buying my brain and my following. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, my experience is worth 50,000. The job is worth 50,000. So the salary is a hundred thousand, but then my brand is worth another amount of money and you're buying that too. So I can make more money with the exact same amount of experience as somebody else. Yeah. And we work with a lot of um, journalists and editors who obviously have a big following within the media. And yeah, I completely agree. We would be buying or hiring them based around their influence and that earned media um, angle that just doesn't come out of nowhere. So I love that. I love those three points. And I'm following on from that. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of work you're doing. It's, it sounds amazing some of the work you're doing in your current position. What what do you wish would stop in marketing tomorrow if you had a magic wand and you could just delete it off the face of the earth? A very timely question, because yesterday there was a great example that went viral um, at the time of recording this episode um, <laughs> of a company not doing a good job. Um, it, making sure that your content vetting process is is good and up to snuff, right? Like, 
you there's no excuse for content to be created and then published by your company that is discriminatory, whatever, in, in any direction, right? If it's racist, homophobic, yeah. misogynistic, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And in perception in marketing, it's, it's reality, right? So even if you yourself are, and I believe you would 100%, not racist, not homophobic, not misogynistic, not all these words, but your content of you and or your brand is that, congratulations, you are now that because yeah. you let it get released so um it's i wish more companies would put more emphasis on peer review i wish more companies would put more emphasis on like having diversity within all levels of the company because that's how you have this built in um i wish more companies would understand that you, you don't get offensive and go well i don't like the fact that you called us out so publicly i don't like the way that you spoke harshly so don't respond with gaslighting. Don't respond with tone policing. Because that's all, that's just basically saying, hi, I know I messed up and I don't care. You're basically double downing on what mm. people are saying about you and telling us that, like, I'm calling you racist and you're getting defensive instead of saying, I see how it came across that way. Here's what we're going to do to remedy the situation and make sure it's never going to happen again. That's the right way to respond to it. But instead, all these companies just get so angry and emotional and reactive and it's like no you messed up we're hurt we're allowed to be hurt any way that we want to be hurt and your job is to fix it it's not my job to make you feel good about your mistake mm. no I, I couldn't agree more on that point and I, I like the idea of everything that should be reviewed and it starts from within and I know at the start of this conversation, we spoke about more content creators and kind of more influencers and so forth. Do you think that will make it then harder to kind of govern or police these elements? I think that we're in a very interesting time where we're going to see an evolution of the definitions of like freedom of speech. It's going to be, I know there's already been talk about changing laws here in the United States about reviewing content because right now you can't sue Facebook or Twitter or whatever for letting misinformation get spread because they're not news outlets, they're platforms, right? So yeah. they're just like, well, we can't, we're not controlling what comes through the pipes, right? It's that they've built, right? So, and there's not enough research um, by institutions that are accredited into helping advise what these laws should be because these social media platforms keep it so close to their chest. And this makes it hard for creators that are doing their due diligence and doing the right work in the right way because of these other people um, that are not doing those things and they're just doing it for clickbait or they're doing it to be hateful or mislead people and control and manipulate people, um, they're getting the attention because it's usually the most ignorant people that are the most, the loudest. So we're going to see evolution in, I think, in legal capacities, at least here in the United States. I can't speak for the other parts of the world um, about the definition of like, you, you can't post things that are a lie. You can't say this is your opinion and say, like, well, that's why they can't get mad at me because it's my opinion. I'm like, no, that's not an opinion. That's just an incorrect statement. Yeah. There's going to be more legal definition of like, you can call it an opinion all you want, but legally that's not an opinion. That's just the wrong statement, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the laws to catch up with this problem because right now I think there's two problems plaguing this world and it's misinformation. It's spread so quickly and, no matter how much humans fact-check things, by the time a human gets done doing that, the misinformation is already spread everywhere and the damage can't be undone. And then the second piece is, like, income inequality. That's a whole different podcast. 
So I think if we can solve at least one of those two, we can move the needle in the right direction in a lot of scenarios. Yeah, the the fake news epidemic as well, which um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, and it's not even just news outlets. It, it's your twelve year old nephew who faked their age on Twitter and made an account. You know, it's everyone. Yeah, yeah no, very interesting. Um, and especially you know what what we're saying from news media and people passing off, you know, lying in their posts or, or passing something off as your opinion. You know, there needs to be more of a clamp down on this. So I think you know, I totally agree with you there. Got we have a question that we ask all of our guests, Evan. Mm-hmm. What is one killer? And I know you've got so many, um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you one or two here. What's what, a killer takeaway tip that you have for our audience so they can go away, think about, but also action straight away? Yeah, I think one of the things that you can keep in mind, and I, and I have a lot of friends in my personal life and professional life that are very near to me, near near and dear to me as a queer person. Um, we get the privilege of, and the unfortunate reality of why we have the privilege, but of, of choosing our families. And I have a lot of friends that I love them like brothers and sisters. And I've watched them be loyal to companies. And that is probably one of the most detrimental things a human being can do to their career in any economic setup, capitalism or not. You need to be loyal to people and to your ethics and to your morals and to your, and to what feeds your soul and your happiness um, that is what keeps you going and what will ultimately reward you the most. So whether that's putting food on the table for your kids or having a job that doesn't make you miserable or just moving up in your career, whatever the hell that may be for you, stick to what is going to serve you and what, and to your definition of those words, being loyal to a company, to a thing that is not tangible, it, um, is not going to do that for you because you are unfortunately replaceable. No matter how many times I say you're not a number, you're a number. So yeah. you have to look after you first. It's just like on an airplane, right? Like put the oxygen mask over you before you help anybody else. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's, it's literally it's what it feels like, like it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you need to do that in every single aspect of your life. There's nothing you can't serve love out of an empty saucer. You have to serve love from the overflow. You can't, serve love from an empty tank you gotta you have to take care of you first and then take care of everybody else around you because you're not equipped to do the rest and that works in your personal life and that works in business i love it absolutely love it and especially you know my generation which is not zillennial and it's not millennial (laughs) we we sort of followed that from our sort of parents of being loyal to companies and staying i stayed at my previous role for 13 years and um yeah i mean it's a long time and and i totally agree you've got to be yourself you've got to have those ethics have those morals um <laughs> there was a quote out i think ian Koniak put it on his linkedin and it really struck a chord with me and, it, and it's very very true he said one of his i think he, he got it from one of his mentors said people don't have problems with their business they have personal problems which impact their business. And I think that kind of, you know, it ties into that. You've got to be, you've got to act with integrity. You've got to be happy. You've got yes. to be loyal to people, yourself, um, before, you know, you're loyal to any sort of business. You know, great quote there. Um, and a really, you know, I think that's probably, we haven't had anyone say that previously on a podcast. No, so, no I love that. 
Yeah, I, I, love I it. focus on me first. To your point, that quote's true, right? I, if if I can't be self aware and take care of myself, who cares if I'm great at writing great copy or marketing strategies or understanding the algorithm and knows how to generate revenue from whatever, right? None of that means anything if I'm not taking care of me. I can't do it for you all, and you know, and yeah, I just. I don't know, maybe it's, I grew up watching so many people do this wrong because I grew up with social media that I had so many examples of it that I was like, well, I sure as hell ain't going to be the next one to do that stupid stuff. So, um, and for context, Zillennial just means the micro generation between a millennial and Gen Z, in case folks are wondering. I Uh, don't fully relate to millennials and I don't fully relate to Gen Z. It's like, I, my first phone was younger than the average millennial, but I don't know the music that a 33-year-old knows. <laughs> I know the music a 24-year-old knows. Yeah. Ah, so that's Gen Z's after millennial, isn't it, of course? Okay. Yeah, every... There's, and then Zennial's, like, you know, millennial and Gen X. It's, like, right... You're right on the cusp of the two, right? <laughs> yeah. Ah, love it. Absolutely love it. Great term. Um, fantastic. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Um, it's been great having you on. I know we could deep dive into so much more, but we're... <laughs> short episodes um evan tell our listeners where they can find you of course you can find me on linkedin my name is evan patterson on linkedin um you can of course find me every tuesday wednesday and thursday on my show um which i would love to do collaboration between this show and that show on the other mm-hmm. side of sales of ashley early and ryan woodard um, oh, wow. and then, love that. um yeah and check out rocket science branding and any other brands that i work with because it's like right now like i think 19 or 20 brands right now i think i'm working with (laughs) (laughs) wow fantastic yeah and congratulations on the new role and um, you're also on tiktok as well so see um Um, for now As as a, I don't know how they're talking about it over in Europe, but I know here in the states, there's a uh, that platform may not be around much longer. So I'm I'm, I'm skeptical right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Okay, great. Um, to all our listeners, don't forget to give us a rating, give us your feedback, and let us know um what you want to see in the next show. And we'll see you on the next show.